<laughs> All right. Well, let's just pray in the spirit for a little bit and take care of some business before we begin. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Go ahead. Amen. Take care of some business. Glory to God. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just pray over these firemen. We give you praises for them. We thank you, Lord, that you supernaturally strengthen them in Ventura County and also in Northern California. That you protect their families, that you guard them with your Shia, Lord, from the onslaught of wicked, evil men. Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for a complete protection over every one of your children. And Lord, feel free to devour the houses for everyone who voted in pro-abortion. <laughs> That's all right by me. Uh, you reap what you sow, amen? If you voted murder into office, you're going to get destruction in return. Amen, amen. That's all i got to say about that. <laughs> so Heavenly Father, protect their families, those. The innocent, the good ones, glory to God. We give you praises for them. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for everyone, uh, all those families involved in that shooting, too, where now people are fleeing into that same place they were holding meetings for refuge from the fires. Um, we just give you praises for them and complete comfort, comfort over them. Glory to God. We give you praises, Lord Jesus. Help us know our authority in these last days, Lord. Cover our families completely under the shadow and the wing of the Almighty. Lord, bring every believer in these last days into their authority, a fresh revelation of their authority. Amen. That conquers all the works of the devil. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for being with us. Glory. What a nice day, huh? Glory, glory. Let's take up our offering, but we'll begin with Genesis 8.22. Amen. As long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest. Meaning you will reap what you sow. Amen. <laughs> as long as the earth remains, you will reap what you sow. Like I said, those who cast that ballot will reap what they sow. Amen. Destruction is coming for those who bring about destruction. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 9.6. This is my favorite verse on giving. Well, other than Luke 6.38. If you'd like to turn there with me, 2 Corinthians. It's good to be able to give, isn't it? I said, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for every promise of provision. So 2 Corinthians 8 is Paul the Apostle to the Macedonian church, if you want to read that on your own. Um, that's, a good, that's a good chapter to read out in the Amplified. But these people pretty much gave themselves out of poverty and lack through their giving. And we have a great promise in that verse too, 2 Corinthians 8 9, which is really the gospel. Jesus said, preach the gospel to the poor, those who are poor, amen. And this is the gospel right here, 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, that's on the earth, amen. He was rich on this earth. You're going to have to do some study to uh, conquer false precepts, false mental precepts from religious doctrine to get over that. But it's all throughout the word. He was rich on the earth. He had a robe. He had a treasurer. He uh, supplied the needs of 120 evangelists for three and a half years. Amen. He had wise men. Not just three, by the way. I believe there was a multitude of wise men. Amen. Came and brought him frankincense, gold, and myrrh, and all those just luxury. Amen. He had Jewish parents. He must have been rich. Amen. He kept the law to the T. He was a tither. He must have been rich. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
Glory to God. So for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich on this earth, he had a house in Capernaum now, scholars say. They've proven that lake house on Capernaum, his hometown, where they broke through his roof to get that man on the bed to him. That was his house. How would you like someone breaking through your roof? <laughs> Didn't complain, did he? He said, your sins are forgiven, you go in peace. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, say rich, rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Where did he become poor? On the earth? On the cross. Amen? He laid it all down on the cross. The Bible says he laid aside his heavenly weight and glory and became a man. He was raised as a carpenter. Amen? He was raised as a businessman before he became a prophet, a man of God. Amen? Hallelujah. He knew something about business, didn't he? Working with his dad all those years as a carpenter. Amen? That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, say I, I. through his poverty, might become rich. Rich is not a dirty word. The world stole it from the word of God. This is our word. This is our blessing, amen? This, is, this word belongs to us, written to the sons and daughters of God, amen? We're the rich, amen? Abraham, our father, was very rich, Genesis 13, 2 says, in cattle, silver, and in gold, amen? So this is our covenant, amen? But if you read that through the Amplified, these people in the Macedonian church gave themselves out of deep poverty, it says. They literally gave of themselves and of their money and gave themselves up. I, I did this with Lowe's at $11 an hour, gave myself up to, my way to Whole Foods at 14 kept on giving, gave myself up to $20 an hour teaching, and then $100 an hour as a chef, and it just kept increasing, and, and the, the best is yet to come, amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> you can't outgive God. Glory to God. Amen. So these people, this is the grace that was given to this church, the giving grace. Say, I have the giving grace. But these people also had the receiving grace. Because you can't outgive God. Amen. The more we give, the more we receive. Amen. We can't outgive them. Hallelujah. That's just good news. Amen. This is the good news he told us to preach to the poor in this world. That you don't have to be poor no more. Amen. That Jesus Christ took the curse of poverty, lack, sickness, and disease for us. That we don't have to bear it anymore. Isn't that good news? Isn't that worth telling someone about? Preaching about? You don't have to be poor no more. Poverty kills. Have you seen it? Amen. You can look at Kenya and the news in Kenya and just notice poverty's the devil. It'll kill you. If you haven't seen poverty up home, close and personal, just go on a missions trip. And that'll put everything in perspective. Amen. Poverty is the work of the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Same with sickness and disease. John 10.10 is our foundation in the Word of God. Amen. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life more abundantly. That's every area of life. Money, friendships, relationships, health, healing, wholeness. It's all covered by Jesus. Amen. That's good news to the poor. You don't have to be poor no more. He became poor for you. Glory to God. Some of the greatest churches were started in the poorest of places. Some of the most affluent churches were started in the poorest of places. Fred Price's church right up in here in Crenshaw is a good example. One of the biggest churches in the U.S. Started in the, one of the poorest areas in the U.S. Oh, God just takes great pleasure in that. Uh, the church in Nigeria, Pastor Yudipo's church, Bishop Yudipo started in one of the most poorest nations on the planet. They believed in 60 million U.S. dollars to build their place. Believed it in through working the law, through giving, amen? 
through seed time and harvest. This is all they had was the word. Amen. When this is all you have, you work it. Amen. (laughs) People in jail, this is all they have. They come out free, man. Amen. The word works. Amen. But Paul continues here. So this whole chapter, these whole chapters are all on money. They're all about money right here. He's talking about money. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this, But this I say, Paul, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So this is a promise, amen? We reap what we sow. If we've been given change to preachers, if we've been given change to the Lord's work and to his church, we're going to reap back sparingly and we're not going to have enough, amen? And he who sows bountifully to the Lord's work will also reap bountifully. That's a promise from God, amen? No matter what the economy does, when it crashes, God's people flourishes, amen? If they work this word, amen? The word works. Say the the word works. The word works. Hallelujah. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I take great confidence in that scripture right there. Because when I do say bountifully and the Lord pushes me to give, like that widow with her last two mites, Jesus said she gave more than anyone else. Amen. When it's your last dollar, don't eat it. That's the time to sow it. Amen. It's worth more as a seed. Hallelujah, then a Big Mac. (laughs) He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, so that each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. So you have to build your your faith to that place in the scripture and in the word, that when I give, I can give cheerfully, and I'm expecting to reap my harvest back. Amen. You have to build your faith in in the prosperity verses, over 2,350 of them in the Word, more than any other subject, before you give to be able to give cheerfully, even if it's your last. So your faith has to rise in that area, amen, to be a cheerful giver, amen. We live from what we give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. Some of the the wealthiest people on earth are usually the biggest givers. It works in the world, too. As long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest. Amen. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able. Say, God is able. God is able. able. Say, God is able. God is able. able. He's in charge of this. Amen. He's in charge of your money flow now. He's now our financier. Amen. He's our banker. Amen. God's in charge. God is able to make. He can make this happen. All grace. Say all grace. All grace. Abound toward you. He can make all grace. Every spiritual blessing abound toward you. Every earthly blessing abound toward you. Again, he's talking about money here. Finances. Physical possessions. He can make all grace abound toward you that you, say I. I. Always having all sufficiency in all Things. That's a lot of alls, isn't it? Well, he's the all in all, isn't he? May have an abundance. Say abundance. Abundance. For every good work. work. Meaning if I want to give 20 bucks to a missionary, I now have the abundance for that good work. Amen? I have the abundance to give to every good work. If I see a homeless person, I have the abundance to give to that man. Amen? And he who lends to the poor shall be repaid, Jesus said. And Jesus is anti-debt, so he's going to repay you pretty fast. I've tested him in this. Every time I've given to the poor from this ministry, it's come back in. Every time we go to Laguna Beach and minister gifts, uh, whatever, $5, or last time we bought uh, $60 worth in Taco Bell cards and just handed them out down there, it comes right back in. 
He's anti-debt, amen? He repays. Glory to God. The key is that they're literally poor, though. They can't just be a guy on the street corner who's actually rich holding out a sign. God knows the hearts, amen? And he'll lead you to who to give to, amen? Got to be spirit-led, right? He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. And whenever I look at the clock, I see this verse. It's always 9.10. And I know exactly what the Lord's trying to tell me. (laughs) 9.10. When I'm in the kitchen and see that clock on the oven. When I'm about to grab food and eat it. Now may he who supplies seed. Say seed. Seed. To the sower. And bread for food. So he's going to meet your needs. Your necessities. What you need to eat. Live on. But he'll also supply seed to those who want to be sowers. Who are sowers. Who are givers. Amen. God will always, Jesus, will always provide seed to the sower, to the giver. Amen. Always, always. And bread for food. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown. So now when you give, he's multiplying it. So if I give 10 bucks to the homeless, he's now multiplying it somehow, just like the the loaves and the fishes that that they gave him. He's the multiplier. Amen. So they end up with more than what I give. And if I give something, someone to something, I, I found that starts like a, a chain. That more people will give more to that person. And their need will be met. He multiplies it. Amen? It's great news. Yeah. <laughs> he's the multiplier and he's supernaturally in charge of our finances if we let him. Mm-hmm. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase. Say increase. increase. The fruits of your righteousness. Verse 11. Mm-hmm. While, so this is an ongoing process. You are enriched. Say enriched. In everything. Say, in everything. (laughs) That's everything. So God does not have a problem with things. Amen? (laughs) The church does, but God don't. Amen? God does not have a problem with you having nice stuff. In fact, it's a tool for evangelism. No one's going to listen to a preacher in a jalopy. Driving a Pinto, amen, with a broken down marriage, a broken down home. They're not trustworthy. you got to have clout, amen? People in this world are looking for prosperity. Whether the stock market changes or not, the economy, they're looking for something true and steadfast that will always provide. And his name is Christ, amen? He'll always provide, amen? God. El Shaddai, not El Chipo, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. The world needs to see you eating good because they eat good, amen? He's got to see you living in abundance. Amen? To trust you. That's the magnet for the world is prosperity. And Proverbs says the wealth of the wicked is coming to the just. Amen? Amen. There's going to be a huge wealth transfer coming up. Are you going to be the recipient? Amen? Because he will entrust you with large money if you're a giver. And he'll start you out by giving small amounts. He'll start you giving by 10%, the tithe. We tip waiters more than that. Did you know that? That's just a dime on every dollar that's God's. If he can prove you in the tithe, he'll increase you and give you seed now for sowing. And once you start sowing, get ready. You can't stop the blessings of God. Amen? He's more powerful than you. He will overtake you, the Bible says, with blessings. If you're a bona fide sower. Amen? And he can prove you faithful. When the millions come in and he says, I can trust him with it. They're not going to kill themselves and leave me. Their first love. When you receive money, will you leave them? That's the test. That's what he's looking for. Will I be faithful to tithe 10% on what he gives me? If a million comes in, will I tithe 100,000? Or will I hold it back to myself? These are tests. If $5 come in, will I give 5 cents? (laughs) 
Well, I give my 10%, amen? Or whatever that 10% is. What is that, 50? <laughs> Hallelujah. So he starts us in the small, the small measures, amen? And Jesus said, he who is faithful with little shall be made ruler over much. You will rule over money if you don't allow money to rule over you. That's why he has us give, amen? So that money has no dominion over us. The spirit of mammon has no dominion over us. That we're free to serve him when large money comes in, amen? That we're still going to be serving him and preaching the gospel, amen? That the word will still go forth. That you'll still serve him, amen? He says, despise not the day of small beginnings. Because he's proven you faithful in this round. Amen? Just the fact we're here today is faithfulness for three and a half years, amen? And that's how God measures success. Not by numbers. That's how he measures success in the kingdom is faithfulness. Are you faithful like me? Can I entrust you with more? And when he sees you can, that he can entrust you with more, here it comes. And nothing can hold it back. Amen? It's in God's hands, and he's rich, rich, rich. Amen? The kingdom of God, the, just the city alone, is a quarter size of the United States. Made of gold. Not even paved. Made of gold. Amen? Hallelujah. 12 gates, 12 feet tall. Pearls, 12 feet tall. 12 gates, giant pearls. It's raining diamonds on Jupiter. God's trash in outer space. Amen. So he doesn't have a problem with wealth. We do. The church has, amen? He speaks more on money than any other subject. Jesus taught more on money than any other subject. Isn't that amazing? There's a direct link with money and God and spirituality. Amen? Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Amen. Not my father's ministry, but business. He's a businessman. He's Jewish. I should tell you something. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Faithful with little. Say faithful with little. Faithful with little. Ruler over much. There is a great wealth transfer coming. Amen. And if you've been proven faithful with little, he's going to give it to you. Amen. Because you'll know how to spend it. Glory to God. While you are enriched in everything, and it's never too late to start, amen? While you are enriched in everything, start with what you have, not with what you don't have. While you are enriched in everything, say everything. Everything. For all liberality, all freedom. It's nice to be able to go into the store and just point at it and take it, amen? That's how God wants his children, amen? Hallelujah. Which causes thanksgiving through us to God's. To God. So our abundance in return brings thanksgiving to Him. And as we give Him thanks, more abundance comes. Because you can't outgive God. Thanks is giving to God. It's a seed. Paul and Silas gave thanksgiving to God. Amen. And were loosed from their shackles. Give praises, sing praises to God. Hallelujah. It's the month of thanksgiving, isn't it? We have so much to be thankful for. Amen. God is doing so, God is working right now, amen? In the silent seasons, that's when he's working. When it doesn't seem like anything's moving, get ready for the overflow, amen? Amen. (laughs) Glory to God, hallelujah. It's like when the dam breaks, everything's pleasant, it's all nice, it's just quiet, like in the eye of the storm. You have a huge tornado going around, but in that eye, it's perfectly still. Amen, God's getting ready to do something. And he's positioning you in those quiet, silent seasons. Amen. Get ready. 
Say, get ready. Point, poke your neighbor and say, get ready. Wake up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. While you are enriched in everything for all freedom, liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. And it's clear, so what is it? Psalms 35, 27. The Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. 25, 37. It's right around there. But God takes great pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, Psalm says. He takes pleasure in us prospering, amen, and increasing, amen. That's just good news right there alone, amen. <laughs> that whenever I'm on the rise, he's laughing and he's smiling down, amen. Haha, <laughs> I did that for him, amen. I opened that door of opportunity, amen. I gave him that promotion. Glory to God. God's on the move, amen. He's positioning us into our work. Glory to God. The work that was ordained before we even began, amen? That's called transition. And there's always a storm when God says, go to the other side. Go with me there. Go with me to Matthew 14. We'll look at one of those storms. Give us something to relate with. Matthew 14. I'm just going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit on this message, amen? We were going to do a part two of transforming our life by the renewing of our mind. I have those notes if anyone would like them. <laughs> but Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. Say the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself. Say by himself. By himself. It's good to be by yourself, isn't it? You can be comfortable by yourself. You'll be comfortable anywhere. On the mountain by himself to pray. Hey, Jesus prayed. <laughs> now when evening came, he was alone there. Say alone. alone. It's good to get alone sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Don't just stay there, though. Amen. Don't just stay alone. Glory to God. Get back. Jesus always got back with his people. Amen. With his family. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea with his disciples in it, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Contrary to what? Contrary to the word of the Lord that say, go to the other side. We're going to the other side. Amen. So this storm arose contrary to the word of the Lord. It tried to stop his word from coming to pass. It made their travels a little more difficult. It, it took a little longer than if there wasn't a storm. They could have just zipped right on over in that boat. So this is not the work of God, the storm. It's the work of Satan trying to hinder the word of God from coming to pass. Amen? Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Walking on the storm. Walking over the storm. Amen? Jesus is over it. And he seated us with himself in heavenly places over the storms of life. Amen. This is a cinnamon. Synonymous. Blah, 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 blah. Ta -da. Synonymous. Cinnamon. Cinnamon toast, honey. <laughs> Fall, harvest, pumpkin. <laughs> there we go. Cinnamon. Yeah, I can't say it, so I'm not even going to try it. I, I only say it in tongues. Shut up, man. Yeah, I'm a chef. Cinnamon. So this is synonymous. 
<laughs> what was I talking about? Bread? The bread of life? All right, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. So he's over the storms, amen? He's over the storms, and we're seated with him. Over the storms, amen? amen. We're not under them, we're over them. Yes. The disciples didn't realize this, and Jesus actually rebukes them here at the end for not realizing their authority. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. Well, I would too in the midnight hour, right? You see a person walking on, yeah. on the sea, yeah. on top of water, in the midst of a storm. You're like, yeah, that's a ghost, right? It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Every time someone cries out for fear, or fear is present, that spirit of the devil, fear comes in, Jesus says immediately in the Bible. It always says immediately Jesus spoke to them. Like J. Iris. The death messenger came, your daughter is now dead, don't trouble the messenger, don't trouble the master. It says immediately Jesus spoke, fear not. When fear tried to come in, immediately Jesus spoke against it. When fear tries to come in, you have to do the same thing. Amen? It is a ghost and they cried out for fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them. See that? Whenever fear is present, Jesus is right there. Just go to him, not to the, don't side with the fear. Side with Jesus, amen? Focus on what Jesus said. And this is what Peter grasped here. He didn't give place to the fear. He focused on Jesus' word. You may want to write this down, but focus is the gasoline in the spirit realm. Where your focus is, that fuels. Focus is the fuel in the spirit realm. Where your focus is, that's what you'll have. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, saying, be of good cheer. In the storm, amen? In the midst of the sea, in darkness, with a ghost. <laughs> Be of good cheer. <laughs> Always joyful. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, the Lord is, Lord is my, strength. my strength. It is I. Do not be afraid. So now that's a commandment from Christ to his disciples. I command you, do not be afraid. Meaning if they give place to fear, now they're in sin. And now they have to repent. When we give place to fear, we have to repent. Fear is a sin. It's not of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Get right back in love. Perfect love casteth out all fear. He loves me. I'm not going to be afraid. He's right here. He's in my boat. Amen? He's not even on the sea. He's in the boat with me. Amen? I'm His. Hallelujah. I'm in Him. We're in Him. Amen? These disciples weren't in him yet. He didn't go to the cross yet, amen? We're now in him. He's, he is our boat, amen? He's walking to them. You're in him. Even more reason to never fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, call them Lord, amen? Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Peter was always trying Jesus. I love him. Amen. He said, come. So here we have a new word of the Lord. Let's go to the other side. Now in the middle of the storm, Jesus says, come. This is Peter's rhema word. This is what he heard from the Lord. In the middle of the storm, he heard the words, the Lord's voice. See, we can hear the Lord's voice no matter what's going on around us. He keeps us in perfect peace whose minds are fixed on Him. 
We can always hear his voice if we take time for him. He's always there, amen? He never leaves us or forsakes us. It's us who forsake him all the time. We're the ones that run away. Let me try to walk on the water on my own. Now I'll fall. Amen? But if we just stay with him, he'll just lead us and guide us. Amen? So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat in the middle of darkness, pitch black in the middle of that sea, with a storm, got out of the boat. How many Christians would do that? He walked on the water. Wow. Peter walked on the water. That's some faith right there, isn't it? Could not see where he was going. Pitch black. Picture that. All he had was the word. Mm-hmm. When the circumstances are the roughest and the seas are the most tempest, Jesus is saying, just focus on the word. You don't even need to see where you're going. Lean not on your own understanding and I'll direct your path. Just follow my voice. The sheep know my voice. Amen. You can see better with your eyes closed most of the time. <laughs> Just listen to the voice. My sheep know my voice. You confess that every day. I am his sheep and I know his voice. And the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Amen. He'll lead you through his voice. Through his word. So he said, come. And he just came and followed the sound of his voice. He walked on the water to go to Jesus not being able to see him. Isn't that amazing? He knew where Jesus was without being able to see him in the pitch black. Just by the sound of his voice. Oh, that's what the word brings us. Amen. The sound of his voice. We hear him through his word. But when he saw, well, now he opened his eyes. (laughs) See, he looked around in the physical now, not in the spiritual realm. It would have been better for him to close his eyes and just walk it by faith. But when he saw, so now his reasoning mind gets in the way of God's perfect will and miracle for him. When he saw, again, focus is the gasoline in the spirit realm. He focused that the wind was boisterous. He grew afraid. Fear again was right out the door. It always is. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink. This is what fear does to you. It crushes us. It crushes you. You can't give place to fear, amen? It will drown you. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And Paul says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? So Peter was saved. Glory to God. And immediately, say immediately. Immediately. Again, fear is out the door, and now Jesus is there immediately again. He's always there through every test, trial, test, and affliction. Amen? And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. That's how close he was to Jesus. He was within arm's reach. Right here. Amen? That's how close he made it in pitch black, in the storm, on the word of God. He walked on the word of God and walked on water. Physical laws were defied. The law of gravity was completely defied just because of the word of God that he, Peter, received. Come. That's all it took. Amen? So we walk on the word. Amen? Whatever Jesus says, do it, Mary said. 
when he turned the water into wine, his first miracle, John 2, 4. Whatsoever he telleth you to do, do it. That's the key to miracles. No matter what your reasoning mind says. If he says, give a hundred bucks, I'm going to see you out of financial poverty today. It's my obligation to do it no matter what he says. Amen? And when I obey, that's when the blessing comes. Because blessings are linked to obedience. Amen? If you be willing and obedient, Isaiah 119 says, you shall eat the good of the land. So we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? (laughs) Doubt is of the devil. It's fear-based. Fear is of the devil. God has not given us the spirit of fear, which means it doesn't come from God. Whenever you see fear in the Bible attaining to God, it means reverence, godly fear, reverence, not being afraid. God's not afraid of nothing, amen? And neither should his people be. False doctrine again that's crept into the church. It's not afraid, it's reverence, amen? Godly fear is the beginning of all knowledge, amen? Fearing, love, reverence. He can't have fear because perfect love casts out fear and he is love. First John says. Amen? So God does not have fear to deal with. Know it's of the devil and rebuke it and resist it. Amen? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So doubt and fear contaminate faith. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. You cannot tolerate fear. If you focus on the fear, you will drown. Amen? But if you focus on Jesus, you will be raised up every time. He grabbed Peter's hand and lifted him up while he was drowning and put him right back on the Word. Put him right back on himself. Put him right back on top of the circumstances and on the water. Amen? And when they got into the boat, they walked back to the boat together. Amen? He's always there. He'll never leave us or forsake us. The wind ceased. It's a test. Glory. And they overcame it. Peter walked on the water that day. No matter what happened, no matter if he allowed doubt, he still walked on the water. I haven't done that yet, amen? (laughs) Glory to God. That's amazing. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Hallelujah. Let's see. And that's the end on that one. Different translation says a little something different. Did you get the point there? Mm -hmm. Just keep on walking by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. They, they couldn't even see where he was, and they just walked by faith to him and heard his voice. I just love that. Amen, amen. Lord, where do you want us to go from here? Let's just pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. What separates a born-again demi-demoncrat from Billy Graham? <laughs> just stab you with that question right there. You know there's actually Christian Democrats still, which I like to call demoncrats. You know President Trump passed from the pulpit. You can now speak on politics. Hallelujah. You can endorse whoever you want from the pulpit now. It's open game. Glory to God. Go for it. There's Christian Democrats who support killing innocent children. Murder. So what separates a born-again Debbie Democrat from a Billy Graham? Seriously. The Word. That's it. It's just the Word. You can be a baby Christian your whole life because you've never come to this. Him. 
You can spend your whole life as a Christian away from him and not live like a Christian at all. And we see so many examples of that in the world, don't we? That's the only thing that that separates a Billy Graham from a Democrat Christian is the word of God, the renewing of the mind. Amen? If you renewed your, your mind to the word, you would never vote Democrat again. You wouldn't even associate your name next to him because that whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I'm not going to put my name next to someone who supports abortion. That's murder. You've just partnered with that person. You've got to repent. Amen? It's the renewing of the mind that separates great Christians from other Christians. Amen? That's all there is to it. Glory to God. The word shows me who I am. James says it's a mirror, a spiritual mirror. Every time I look into the perfect law of liberty, I see myself as I am, my true self. Amen? Not the flesh, not what I've been brainwashed with, but the word shows me now who I am and how to vote. Amen? And all the rest. Amen? That's the only thing that separates the great Christians that we've heard of from the Christians who do absolutely nothing in life is the renewing of the mind. Our foundation scripture last week was Romans 12.1, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That always used to marvel me, how people could call themselves Christian but live worse than sinners. Until I found that verse. It's the renewing of the mind. That's all there is to it. Amen. Their spirit's been brand new, just like Jesus, but they don't know it yet. See, you only act on what you know. If you're not in the Word, you don't know what He already said, what you already have, who you are. And James says, you're like a man who leaves himself in the mirror, and if you're not a doer of the Word, you completely forget who you are. Because you're not putting it into practice. You're not in it. You're not abiding in Him. That's the only thing that separates men, is the renewing of the mind. I want to be a great Christian. How about you? Amen. Amen. I want to live for Him to the end. The only way to live for Jesus to the end when persecution comes and the end times which we're in is the renewing of the mind. To know what you have despite the circumstances. Jesus said, go there with me. Revelation 2.9. This is just one example of how you could work yourself into a frenzy not knowing what this verse already told you. Jesus, words in red wind, is saying to the church, that's us. These things say the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works. I know your tribulation and your poverty. But you are rich. But you are rich. See, that's an eternal promise from Jesus. Jesus told us we're rich. So no matter what circumstance tries to come against that, I know and I'm rooted and grounded in this that I'm rich. Amen? It's just in me now, and it should be in all of us. Amen? Hallelujah! That when circumstances come, they don't change who we are. They don't change our image. Amen? They don't change Jesus. They shouldn't change us because we're created in the same exact image and likeness of Him. We've already been made just like Him, a duplicate, our spirit. Amen? But our mind needs to be renewed to that truth. It needs to be renewed by the renewing of our mind to the Word of God. Amen? The washing of water by the Word. 
So no matter the test, trial, and affliction, I'll always know I'm rich because that verse is now in my spirit. I said I'm rich. I say it every day. I'm rich. Especially when the heat's on on my finances. Nope, I'm rich. Finances line up with the word. Amen. By his stripes, those are my two favorites. By his stripes, I was healed. Through his poverty, I was made rich. That covers pretty much everything, don't it? And I know I'm going to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Third John 2, I'd like to add to this list. Beloved, that's us, right? Say, I'm his beloved. I am his beloved. Beloved. Amen. Allow yourself to be loved. That's what beloved means, amen? It means you've allowed yourself for him to love you. Amen. You let the love in, amen? You open up and let the love of the Father in, who's unlike any other father on earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The more we get to know him, the better fathers we become. The better mothers you become, amen? The better sons and the better daughters you become, the more you know him. Oh, glory to God. Beloved, allow yourself to be loved. Believe the love. Know the love. I wish above all things. Say all things. All things. So this is God's wish to us, his beloved, his children. I wish, God, above all things that you prosper and be in health. This is God's perfect will for his children. Anybody who ever preaches against this is going against God. You have to be an idiot. (laughs) It's over and over again in the Bible, amen? God is love. He's the author of good, not evil. Doesn't love do good? Love doesn't beat their kids. Sometimes. (laughs) Love is good, amen? It's always doing good. It's always looking to bless someone. That's just what love... God's always looking on how to bless us. Out of season. Surprise. He's looking how to do surprises. How many of us like surprises? And how many of us like surprising others? That's God in us. Amen? That's the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts. No matter what they do, our kids, I'm still looking for ways to surprise them and give them ice cream the next day, even though they were completely disobedient the day before. You're still looking to give them something. That's God in us. Amen? God always looks to give. How can I get him? How can I meet his needs? And I'm amazed how he meets my needs every month. Amazed. I needed 2,000 bucks last month. I had no idea I was going to come. But it came. Amen. And I was amazed. Amen, Lord. Amen. He loves surprises. Amen. He's the God of surprises. The God of the breakthrough. And he's still doing it today. Amen. He's looking for ways to bless us if we just run with him. Amen. If we just sacrifice to him and worship him. Amen. Give him all we have so that he can run the ship, amen? And run our lives, amen? So much better on his plan, isn't it? Glory to God. We've messed things up so much. Oh, my gosh. Every day I make a mistake, but he never does. Amen? He's always right there lifting you back up again. He's the God that's more than enough, amen? He'll always have us. He'll always have our hand, amen? No matter how far we stray. Remember that prodigal son who came on back? Cut him the the fattest lamb. Gave him all his inheritance. That father sees us the same way. Whenever we leave him, he's trying to get us back. Come on back. Let me shepherd you back in. And he'll send others to do it. Don't go this way. You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> People in the world will tell you things. And it like bounces you back in line. Chastisement, amen? <laughs> God's so rich. He's everywhere. He's the biggest thing in the world. And he's the smallest. He's the all in all. Amen. 
He's that still small voice, the Bible says, that's in each one of us. Amen. Don't do that. Don't eat that. Don't go there. Wait. That's that still small voice. And be still and know that I am God. Jesus got alone by himself and knew he was God. He heard the voice. Amen. Amen. You got to take time to hear the voice, to hear his voice. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Proverbs 3, 5, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Say all. all. That's every way. Amen. He wants all of us. Amen. Our money, our time, our relationships. We were bought with a price. Amen. He deserves all of us. Amen. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. See, he's the director, amen? And he's better than Francis Ford Coppola. All right, moving on. (laughs) He's the ultimate director, amen? Tough crowd here this morning. (laughs) He'll direct our path, amen? If we keep our mind fixed on him, he is sure to direct our path. Even if you've gone way, way off, you've left your love commandment, You've gone way off course. You've charted into uncharted waters. He's still there, amen? Don't try to get back and backtrack. He'll just make a new path for you. Ways in the wilderness and the desert that get you right on that perfect plan again. He creates new paths, amen? So don't look back. Never look back, amen? Just go ahead because he says a new thing I do, amen? I will make ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Don't try to reason it out in your own head. Oh, I'm way off. I got way off. Nope, not in his eyes. It's just one little flick and you're right back on trail. Right back in the perfect will of God. The best place to be. Amen. Because <laughs> no matter how much you suffer, how much affliction or tribulation comes, it is the place to be. Amen. It's still. Yeah. It's peaceful. It's covered yeah. under the wings of the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. If he didn't say move to Texas, I'm not going to move to Texas. And you'll never let finances try to force you out of the state he's placed you in. Or politics, or religion, or any of the devil's or man's work. Where he's placed you and planted you is where you flourish. I'm not going to leave that plan, amen? That's the best place to be. If he said pack up your bags right now, move to Baghdad, that's the place, safest place for my family. If I stayed here in disobedience and didn't go, that's open game. I'm out of the will of God now. I've left the shadow of the Almighty. I've gone my own path and my own will. Nope, get right back in line. I'll stay, plant- I'll stay planted. Unless he's told you to do it, don't do it, amen? Kenneth Hagin was famous at saying this, but more people in his lifetime he saw make, make more mistakes running ahead than hanging back. That's why Pastor Mike at Fiddle Family will never run ahead. He said Kenneth Hagin was the slowest man to operate he's ever met. He just stayed the course until God said it. Not to run ahead. More mistakes are made running ahead than hanging back. You can see that in anything. The flow happens when you restrain your flesh and just wait. And then you get in that flow. You know what I mean by that? Athletes know that too. They hold back, they wait, and that flow just starts to develop. Artists, everything like that. There's a flow, amen? Waiting on the God, waiting on the Lord, amen? But when you run ahead, you're on your own, and you're trying to do it on your own strength, and it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And, And Psalms 127 says, they labored in vain who built the house. They got the house built, but they labored in vain who built it, because the Lord was never in it. Amen. 
So no matter the circumstances, it's where he needs you to be, that's the place of flourishing, amen? And you'll have peace in that place, amen? Where he's called you and where he's planted you. You should never uh, move somewhere based on a job either. 99% of the time, that's out of the will of God. You should move somewhere based on the church he's called you to. When you find your church, you find your harvest. When you find the place you're supposed to be at, that's where the blessing flourishes. Amen. Say, I'm flourishing. I'm flourishing. I'm not failing. I'm not failing. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm not just surviving, I'm thriving. Amen. There's no such thing as survivors in the kingdom. That's the devil's camp. Who barely get by, who barely hang on. That's called poverty-mindedness. You need to renew your mind to that. The truth of what God says. That you are the rich. Amen. That you are wealthy. Glory to God. That I'm not going to settle for poverty or lack. Lack is just a form, a symptom of poverty. Amen. Which is under the curse that's been taken away from us. We have no right given place to it. It says resist the devil and he'll run from you. He's the author of poverty, sickness, and disease. Jesus wouldn't have taken that curse if he was the author, amen? He'd be bipolar, and praise God, God is not bipolar, amen? He knows exactly what he's doing, amen, and he never changes. His way is steadfast, true, and forever, amen? Go with me to Matthew uh, 6, and we'll end with these two verses, okay? Is everyone uh, getting something from this? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Where two or three are gathered... I'm here in the midst, says the Lord. Lord, I thank you for building firm foundations, for restoring families, for firm foundations. Oh, God, he's just been impressing me so much. How big of a family man he is. (laughs) He's like the original Chevy Chase. (laughs) He never called Abraham. He called a thousand, he called generations through Abraham. He never called just one man, ever. He calls families. He calls generations, amen? He never looks at just you. He looks at all those around you and who's to come from you. He's already got it mapped out and planned out. That's how big he thinks, amen? Hallelujah. Wow, what a blessing. So blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, Matthew 6. So we talked about taking thoughts last week, and I just want to tap on this. This is how we take thoughts, and this is how we resist thoughts. And Jesus outlined it in this. It's better in the King James if you have that, actually. This verse right here. Matthew, we'll start 624, okay? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. So if you've developed a loyalty to money, you're going to continue to leave God. Or if you develop a a loyalty to God, you're going to make choices based on His leading and not on money. Mm -hmm. This is what this verse is saying here. Mm -hmm. You cannot serve God and mammon. Money. You cannot serve Him, Jesus said. Money can take you out of the will of God. It can lead you out of the will of God. Amen? If you make decisions based on money. Because Satan is the God of mammon. Amen? But as we're spirit-led, prosperity just opens up. Prosperity just happens. We are prosperity, amen? We're from the kingdom, not from here. Amen? We're always spirit-led. We're not money-led. We're spirit-led, amen? If God told me to go to Whole Foods, that's where my blessing is, amen? And he proved himself strong there when he said that. I had people come up 
and give me tithes while I was working that paid me more than I made that day at Whole Foods in a little envelope. A girl who came here for a season would come up with an envelope. He's like, the Lord was just dealing with me. I don't even go to your church, but he said to give me give this to you. And it was her tithe who just shopped at Whole Foods. <laughs> Amen. I made more money on that than I did the day working there. And I led more people to Christ. And people, friendships came from that. Man, just the right place at the right time. And then he led me out of that. But that's where the blessing was. And I saw it all around me. People were getting healed. I was getting blessed. God met every need. It's where that blessing was. And then it lifted. But I was just spirit-led to go there. Amen? That's where your blessing is if you're spirit-led. He could lead a person to McDonald's making 10 bucks an hour. You're never, you're always, if you're a giver, you will always make more than your salary. Guaranteed. He multiplies the harvest back to you if you're a giver. Amen? If you're a tither and a sower, you'll always be paid more than your salary, than your job. That's the way he set it up, amen? They're not our source. Our job's not our source. My business is not my source. I can't keep going to that avenue because he has so many avenues to meet our needs. They brought food to Elijah in the wilderness through ravens, amen? (laughs) He has so many ways to feed us and meet our needs. It's amazing. But we're spirit-led, not money-led. That's what he's saying here, amen? You cannot serve God in money. You can't make decisions based on jobs. You'll get out of the plan of God. You have to make decisions based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's still small voice. Even it starts you at minimum wage. If he said, go there, that's where the blessing is, amen? People will flock to you. Glory to God. I had so many opportunities in that two years of Whole Foods to minister. It was ridiculous. People, uh, homeless people would line up outside. Where'd they come from? I don't know, but they were always blessing them, amen? With gift cards I'd get. I remember one time I got a gift card. I, I sold $10 to a homeless girl sitting right in front, told her about Jesus, led her to the Lord, right on the way to work. She was just laying on the bench right in front of Whole Foods, amen? <laughs> told her about Jesus, here's $10. Jesus told me to give you this, amen? I go into work and my boss hands me a $10 gift card for a buffet <laughs> right when I walk in, didn't do anything. Wow. Those who give to the poor lendeth to the Lord and he will repay. Uh, that's my first lesson that the Lord is anti-debt. Amen? That he repays fast when I step out in obedience. Amen? Yes. Stuff like that happened every day. It was supernatural. Amen? Just because he planted me there and placed me there. Amen? Hallelujah. So always be where he wants you to be. Don't take money into consideration. Money will come. Amen? Yes. Say money cometh. Money comes to you in the place that he plants you. Amen. You're going to get paid more than your job. Amen. Hallelujah. Faithful with little, ruler over much. That's where he started training me to give. Amen. Was making $14 an hour. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Amen. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. The word worry is in this passage five times here. Jesus wants us to get this. Worry is a sin. If Jesus told you not to do something, for you to do it is sin. Worry is sin. You have to repent from worry. It's a spiritual sin. Amen? It's just as reverent as physical sins. Even more reverent, actually, to give place to worry, fear, doubt, unbelief. That's spiritual sin. Amen? We have to repent from worrying. Get right back on track. Hallelujah. Five times he says here, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be not afraid. Don't worry. Amen. (laughs) Worry is fear-based. 
<laughs> Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Don't take a thought for it, another translation says. Take no thought for your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. See how selfish that is? Do you see all the use there? That's self-focused. Worry is pride. Worry is self-focused. Whenever you start to worry, you, now, you know you're focusing in on yourself again. You've lost sight of him and you've lost sight of others. Now you're focusing on your needs. I got to meet my needs. I got to meet my needs. That's what the world does every day. They worry every day and go after money every day. And this is what Jesus is telling us here. Don't worry. Take no thought for your life. I'll lead you. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Don't worry about your clothing. Amen. I got good clothes for you. If Jesus had a tailored robe that they shot craps for, have you, has anyone played craps for your, your clothes? <laughs> That's how nice his robe was, amen? It was seamless, the Bible says. Felons, you know, these soldiers shot dice for him, for his robe. It's a nice article of clothing. He says, nor about your body what you will put on. Just write Louis Vuitton right there. <laughs> Think big. <laughs> why not? Amen. Why not? Hey, why not? Well, who's holding you back? Who's holding us back? Amen? <laughs> God's bigger than it. Amen? He created Louis and Vuitton. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Say, I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm an ambassador of Christ. And I'm going to look good. <laughs> Hallelujah. You cannot serve God and mammon. Most of the people who go after money, money end up looking pretty bad. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Look at them. For they neither sow nor reap. Oh, here's a key verse. This is revelation to my ears. Birds are not able to sow and reap, but I am. He's telling me here, I'm going to live on sowing and reaping. The birds don't have this right. Only man does. Devils don't have this privilege. Angels don't have this privilege. Only mankind has the privilege to sow and to reap and to exercise this law of prosperity. The birds don't have this right. And the Bible says, every one of them who falls to the ground dead, the father's aware of. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap. See, giving and receiving always go hand in hand in the Bible. You can't separate them. Nor gather into barns. They don't have savings accounts. Which means if you operate this principle of sowing and reaping, you're going to have, sowing, you're going to have savings in your savings account. Amen? They'll be excess. They'll be overflow. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Be honest with yourself. Are you of more value than a bird? <laughs> you're man, you're created in his image and likeness. The only species that's ever existed. Angels in Psalm 8 said, what is man that you're mindful of them, talking together? What is man? Who is this creation? God said, I've created in my same exact image. They're an exact duplicate of myself. You're going to look a lot like God when you meet him face to face. Amen? We're exact duplicates of him. <laughs> Glory to God. When I look in the mirror, I should see God there. Amen? Hallelujah. 
<laughs> Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, that's to all of us, right? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Cubit means 18 inches. How can you grow by worrying? Jesus is saying. It will not produce anything for you. It's counterproductive. I remember a story of Kenneth Copeland when he had about a million dollar in debt from TV bills and he was worrying. I see every, every, everybody's not, you know, the devil's the same to everyone, amen? The temptations are the same to everyone, no matter how great you are. He was worrying over the million dollars, and Gloria just put his hand, her hand on, your sho- on his shoulder one day and said, you know, you could have spent that time in faith. Faith produces. Worry does not produce. Worry will not grow your stature. If you worry, you'll actually start to shrink from the weight because the devil will continue to put weight upon weight upon you because that's where your focus is. Amen? So you can't grow by worrying. There's no growth in it. There's no development. That's what Jesus is saying here. Which of you by worrying can add anything to your life? It does not produce, so get rid of it. Just make the quality decision now. I will not worry another day in my life. If you need to write it out and sign your name and give it to God, go ahead. Then from this day forward, when you do, you repent. But don't worry. It'll kill you. (laughs) It won't add anything to you. It takes life. Stress steals. Worry steals. It's fear-based, amen? Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. So think on these things. Think on this word. Consider this. The lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. The perfect will of God is to take toiling out of our job to take toiling out of our work. It's going to be a joy what we're doing. Amen? He adds his joy and his peace to it. Donald Trump, when he was in the market, before he became president, went to bed at 1 a.m. and woke up at 5 a.m. every day. There was something driving him. He loved his job, he said. He loved what he did. There's no toiling in that. It's, it's not, I'm going to a job just to live now. That's the definition of toiling that we've been redeemed from. We're not made, we're not, we weren't created to make a living. We're givers, amen? We live from what we give. That's just one source. That's just one stream, one inlet for seed, amen? My job was always my seed and it still is, amen? Yeah. It'll just be seed to the sower and I have to constantly renew my mind to that because my flesh will want to spend it and God says sow it. It's how I'm living, amen? It's what sets me up for future success and prosperity. Is my giving, amen? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. You're going to like the job you have and what the work you have, amen? Actually, job's not even in the Bible. Just joke. (laughs) Work is in the Bible. And the word work in Hebrew, the literal meaning of work in the Bible means to become. Work brings character development. People who haven't worked or on welfare or whatever have no character, which means they get to buy a lottery ticket, they win the lottery, and end up committing suicide and bankruptcy within the first five months because they have no character development. Work, according to the Word, makes you become. Your work, the work He's given us, amen, develops us. Amen? Work produces character development. Glory to God. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil 
Again, it doesn't say work there. It says toiling, toil, no joy, just trying to make a living, just trying to make ends meet. That's called toiling, amen? That's what we've been redeemed from. That's under the curse. Proverbs 10:22. the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no toiling. That word sorrow literally means toiling there with it. Amen. The blessing makes rich, and he adds no toil with it. Hallelujah. You should enjoy your work. Amen. If not, get out of there. Amen. And get to where the Lord needs you. Because where he needs you is your blessing area. Your whole life will come together in that place. I guarantee it. Amen. It's worth it. So why do you worry? They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, the richest, wisest man who's ever lived, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now since God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more, say much more, more. clothe you? And that's where I wrote Louis Vuitton. (laughs) If there's a much more there, it's much more, amen? How will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Well, what about us of great faith who believe the word? Great faith, great faith divined in the Bible means believing the word only without seeing. So what about those of us with great faith who just believe the word of God? How much more shall you be clothed? He's saying. Therefore, do not worry. There it is again. Now there's the commandment. Do not worry. Saying. So here's how you take thoughts. And here's how you resist thoughts. You do not worry saying what shall we eat? You take thoughts by saying them. If you don't speak into the thoughts, they die unborn. You have to take thoughts by speaking into them. Amen? The devil says you're sick. If you side with that and say that, you've now taken that thought, and now he's taken you captive. But instead, we resist those thoughts, cast them down by speaking the word of God. So that's how you take thoughts, by saying Therefore, do not worry, saying, saying, saying. You have what you say. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? In a frenzy. God's still the same, amen? Time's still time. He's still eternal, and so are you, amen? Why let time? The Bible says be anxious for nothing. That's another commandment. If you grow anxious, which is worry and fear-based, now you're in sin again and you have to repent. (laughs) The Bible said be anxious for nothing, for nothing, for nothing. All the clients put in pressure, for nothing. Amen? Be anxious for nothing. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? We're going under. Don't say that. Because he's already placed you over it. Amen? Don't let feelings cloud your judgment. Don't let feelings speak louder than he does. Amen. Redraw, if you have to withdraw yourself to a solitary place so you can hear him again. Yeah. Amen. And when you do, when you just get quiet, you're like, what was all that about? Why did I just freak out? <laughs> right? Nothing ever changed. It was all an illusion. Yeah. It was all fake, a phony, a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> it was all Satan, the deceiver, the father of lies, who put up smoke screens, who got me anxious. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. 
This is what they chase after, are things. They're still under the curse of toiling for all they have. Because there's something written in each one of their hearts that tells them you can't survive without Jesus. You can't survive without Jesus. Amen? So they go after things to try to survive, to try to live. We don't need to try to live, folks. (laughs) We're in Him. And He lives, amen, forever. And we'll live forever with Him, amen? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, this is their focus. Money and things are their primary focus. And every decision in life is based on meeting their needs. So they're fine hiring a nanny to take care of their children for 16 years while they can go get wealth and go get money. And here their families are drug addicts, off, die prematurely, completely fail, because they're off trying to make a living. They have no God. They're trying to meet their own needs. And now their families suffer because of it. Amen? Kids now become orphans in the home because both parents are off trying to meet their needs and get their needs met. That's called the curse. That's called toiling. We're not conformed to the world. The church should have no part in that. Amen? That's what they do under the curse. We're under the blessing that makes us rich and adds no toiling with it. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's the provider now, not us. He's the provider of my house, not me. Amen? I don't see in the Bible where the man is the provider. The Bible says over and over, God's the provider. And I'll provide through you, man. Amen? But my kids and wife should believe for money just like I do. Because he's our provider. He's over our house. When I can't pay the light bill, he still can. Oh, that takes the stress off. Amen? There's no more worrying or pressure. (laughs) It's his stuff. (laughs) That's a great saying for me. I could care less. That has done wonders for me. When the pressure's on, the heat is on, I could care less. He's my provider. (laughs) Job or no job, he still provides. Amen? He'll always provide. We're in the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. There is coming a humongous wealth transference to the people of God. Amen? And we got to be ready for it. Glory to God. Get your hearts prepared. Amen? For after all these things, the Gentiles, those who don't know God, seek after. You can see it everywhere. They're always moving. They're always going so fast. It's because they're seeking money. They're, they're trying to survive. And if they don't get it, they, want, they end up committing suicide. Even before nothing happens, just the thought of not having nothing kills them because that's their God. They've made mammon their God now. Giving breaks the fear of lack. This is what it does for us. Tithing and giving and sowing seed completely demolish that fear of lack, that I'll never have enough. You can see millionaires right now, billionaires, even Christians who are still poor, who will not give anything because they have a fear of lack and they'll die with all their riches which they can't take with them. Amen. They never saw the generations enjoy it. 
that would be better for me. If I had a billion dollars right now and was about to die, I would want to spread as much as I can to see what I accomplished, amen? To what I could do for future generations, amen? That's called prosperity, true prosperity is not only having your own needs met, but the needs of humanity as well. That's the God kind of wealth. Amen? Just your needs met is selfish. We just saw this by Jesus. Amen? But when you expand your thinking like God does, I want to meet my neighbor's needs. I want to meet my... It starts with you and your family, sure. But it just keeps on trickling the blessing. And it keeps growing as you keep renewing your mind. And you start to think like he does. And then you become an agent of prosperity for him. Because you can't run out. There's no lack. It's limitless. Amen? You can't exhaust him. Amen? We're yoked up with him. Praise God. For your heavenly Father knows, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So never take your needs to God because God already knows them. Take his word to him. Put him in remembrance of your word. Father, your word said you meet every need. It's gotten to the point where I'm just settled. (laughs) Amen. I don't really have to remind myself of it. He meets every need. Amen. He's proven himself time and time again. Every need met. Every bill paid. Amen. No matter the biggest pressure, it does not matter with him. So go to him. Amen. Say, God is my source and his word is my supply. Before I ever go out, and get a new job, I'm going to converse with him first. I'm going to go to him first before the world. Because our wealth isn't in there, amen? It's in him. He'll lead us to it. Amen? He could give you an idea right now that will make you a millionaire in a month. Just one word from heaven. He could lead you to a person out there that you get saved, and gold is in that fish's mouth. Your taxes may be in his mouth. Amen? Just one word, just one touch. That's how big he is. So we keep going after stuff, but God says, keep coming after me, and I'll meet all your needs. For it's completely backwards to how we were trained in the world. Do not conform to this world system, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's the system that God establishes in verse 33. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things, but... That's a big butt. Most of us just need to get our butts out the way, amen? <laughs> but seek first. Say seek first. Seek first. This is a huge promise that you should forever have, no matter what. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his word, his way of doing things and being right. And all these things shall be. That's a strong word in the English language. It means definitely will be added to you. So the world's going after these things, but they're just added to us <coughs> as we seek him and put his word first. Say the words first. Therefore, verse 34, do not worry. There it is again, number five. Do not worry about tomorrow. Don't forecast your future based on the circumstances you see today. Forecast your future based on what you're promised in the Word of God. I'm going to have a beautiful family. I said that when I was single. A beautiful marriage and a worldwide, world-changing ministry. 
Amen. <laughs> 21, I was saying that. Yay. Amen. So you forecast your future based on the word, not your circumstances. Amen. It says, take no thought for tomorrow. Do not even touch it in your thought life. Yeah. Faith is now for today. You only need faith for today. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And Jesus said, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Say, This is the victory that has overcome the world. My faith. I live by faith. This is the victory to my finances, to my health. To my relationships, my faith is the victory. I'm not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever I sow, I reap. I give, and it is given back unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Do men and women add back into me? For with the measure I use, it is measured back to me. Lord, I give you the praises for the blessing of prosperity that's working in me, that's working for me. Let's all stand up, shall we? Lord, we thank you for every spiritual blessing that you've bestowed on us. We give you praise as Holy Spirit for where two or three are gathered. You're here in our midst. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to our hearts individually, specifically, as you will right now. We give you the glory, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. That whenever two or three get together and agree on something, it is done for them and finished, Jesus said. So, Lord, we agree for financial prosperity right now for everyone in this house. The best jobs are ahead of us. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, glory to God. Jobs that we couldn't even thought of. Plans that we couldn't even reason in our own minds and think through. God's already preordained and established. Lord, we thank you for the divine connections that you've already established. Divine relationships. For building a team, a family unit that moves together in the earth prosperity agents that think big, that plan big, that do big things, amen, before they die and leave this earth. We give you praises for accelerating our minds, our relationships, our finances, our families, our jobs, everything are on the move. Yes. We give you praises for the transitions, for you've told us to go to the other side. Lord, we follow your voice. Just raise your hand and say, I follow your voice. I follow your voice. I hear your voice. I hear your voice. I spend time with you. I spend time with you. To know you. To know you. And I listen. I listen. And I do. I do. I do not do before I hear you. Before I hear you. I wait on you. I wait on you. Then I'll make the move. Lord, I thank you for the healing anointing that's present. 
healing lungs and hearts in the name of Jesus. We give you praises for that sweet, soft touch, that healing presence. It's unlike any other, and it's here, and it's always here. Oh, we touch, just one touch. One touch of his garment made every wit whole. One touch of him restores prosperity, cancels debt. Just one touch. Lord, touch our finances. Lord, as we sow seed, touch our finances. Touch. We give you the praises for it, Lord. Move us, instruct us. Tell us what to do and we'll wait on it. We'll wait on you. We got all the time in the world. We're with you for eternity. Lord, help us not be anxious, but to just wait and to stay steadfast, to stand when everyone else around us is running away. We give you praises for this promised land. We give you praises for the renewal of California. We thank you, Lord, for taking back this nation, for restoring it to its proper place of dominion and authority in you. To have a president that's in you and in the word daily. We thank you for that. We pray for him, Lord. We pray for his family. We pray for those in leadership as we're commanded in 2 Timothy so that we may lead peaceable and quiet lives in all godliness. Lord, we intercede for President Trump, his mantle, his position there, that office, because you said so. Thank you, Lord, for blessing him, his family, the cabinet, everyone, all throughout the the ranks in this nation, those who are in authority, all the way down to police officers who bear not the sword in vain. Bless them. We bless their families. We buy them lunch or coffee when we see them. Let us be blessing agents to those in authority, and we'll get blessed in return. Amen. Does everybody agree with that? Yes. Woo! What a good service. I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We bless you. Our offering basket. Thanks, Jan. Thanks. Amen. Good things are ahead. Amen. Do you feel that anointing? His presence? The peace? It surpasses all understanding. God is so good. Well, I'm working today, so I'm okay. Oh, bye-bye. Good luck. You always come through this, and you have a great week.